on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Yeah, g'day everyone. Welcome to the clubhouse. Talking all things golf right around Australia. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here as he is every week. Marco, welcome. Nice to see you, Jules. Oh, we're excited. It's warming up. It's, it's warming better, up. Mate. It is Shorts weather for golf. You know what the key is? Yes. When the minimums get above 10. Yeah. When <laughs> those minimums get above 10, golf courses come to life. That's it. Grass starts growing again, no matter what kind of grass it is. Mm-hmm. And then away we go. All of a sudden, you know, instead of hitting a three iron or a yeah. four iron or a five iron off the tightest lie you could ever imagine <laughs> on some of those fairways that uh, you know have gone dormant, mm-hmm. uh, the ball starts to sit up again. Oh, you can start oh, yeah, chipping the ball. You can everything changes. Even the colours change. You know, the green, the, yep. the, the fairways go to this beautiful dark green, and the rough starts to brown yep. off. Oh, oh, it's exciting! Shorts come back Mate. into play. I think the greatest thing about summer golf is wearing shorts. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> golf is a great... You know what? I'll tell you what. God, if we live in, the, in this country, golf is a fantastic winter game. Mm-hmm. It really is. Cause it's not that cold. No. I mean... It's rug up. Yeah. Put I mean, if it's on. a super bad day, don't play. Yep. But most days are around 13, 14 degrees. Mm-hmm. It's pretty nice. So you can actually you know, get out there and find a reasonable day and s- sneak the occasional 16-degree special... It's a fantastic game. It is a fantastic game in winter. But when you put the shorts on. <laughs> shorts and, when and a just, polo. Shorts oh, and a polo. Yes. And just, you know, everyone's got the short socks these days, which is great. Mm-hmm. Can you believe, you know, it's only 20 years ago, just 20 years ago, that many clubs still had the long socks up to the knee. You've missed all this. What? Yeah, so you're <laughs> no looking way. at me like I'm That's, an idiot. You're making that up. <laughs> you are, aren't you? When I was a kid... Jules, when I was a kid, <laughs> you, you know the walking socks that grandpas wear? Well, like the old one you have to put garters in. Well, so you wouldn't even know that because grandpas <laughs> don't wear walking socks anymore. Mm. Those grandpa, I used to, as a 13-year-old, have to wear um, walking socks if I wanted the shorts. So if I was playing at Huntingdale, no um, I would have to go to the, you know, I had to buy them. I had to go to the pro shop and buy them. And quite often, you couldn't just get white ones. You end up having a tinge of blue yep. through these great big long socks that you would wear. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even bother. <laughs> you wouldn't even bother. And you know, it's funny, you know, because I can remember the protests at Huntingdale. Mm. You know, all these guys, they'd go away on their trips to America, and they'd all just love wearing the short socks, and they'd come back to Huntingdale and they'd be wearing the long ones. Yeah. And everyone was just. Cr- Banging the door down. Please, let us wear short socks. Where where are we? What are we doing? Where are we? And one bloke at Huntingdale, I'll never forget, he campaigned and campaigned and campaigned. Bloody hero. We will never, no, going the other way. (laughs) Long socks. What? Finally, it got past this one man. Not a bloody hero. So the very day summer turns up, it is now okay to wear short socks. And guess who was wearing short socks on the first day that it all changed at Huntingdale Golf Club? The one bloke who campaigned for long socks for 10 years. <laughs> so what was he doing? Come on, mate. And he was a high-powered committee man at Huntingdale. What? I mean, seriously. <laughs> I can imagine you walking around with some sort of, of knee-high the... Oh, man. Madness. <laughs> and then have I told you the story? Have I told you the story where I was an, I was, I've been with Adidas Golf for a long time? 
And I turned up one day when, not long after, we got short socks at Hangdale. And I had a pair of white socks with an Adidas logo. Mm-hmm. Not stripes, just the Adidas logo on my socks. I was told at the pro shop that I couldn't play golf. So I looked at the bloke in the pro shop and I said, what's the story? He goes, they've got to be plain white. And I said, mate, so I can turn up with my Adidas golf hat (laughs) and I can play? He goes, yeah, you can play. I said, I can turn up with my golf shirt that's got Adidas on it and play. He goes, yeah, no worries, you can play. I said, I can turn up with Adidas golf shoes on Mm. and play. He goes, yes, you can play. Don't wear socks there. I can wear Adidas shorts with a little Adidas logo on the shorts and I can play? He goes, yes, that's right. I said, but you're telling me if I can't have a little Adidas on my sock, I can't play. He said, they're the rules. What, what, what do we, you do? What are we dealing with? What, <laughs> okay. what were we dealing with? You were a walking, deal- walking, talking billboard back then. By the of what, the well, I was, what, what were we dealing with? You think of the Draconian, is, uh, is that the right term? I love it. The rules yep. at golf clubs, fairly, I mean, they were doing their best. Mm. They were doing their best to push people away. Madness. How do people keep playing golf, honestly? Well, because it's such a good game, that's why. And we've got some golf courses in now, this country that inspire people to play. <laughs> we had a production meeting before this. I don't think we envisaged talking five no, we minutes didn't. on socks. No, we anyway, didn't. now I heard during the week yes. that after the show last week, you went out and uh, you had a game at Kingston Heath. On Friday, yes. With some very interesting playing partners. Well, Marcus Fraser. Marcus Fraser Got to play with Marcus there. Fraser, Olympic record holder. That's Guess it. Guess what he's playing off? Well, something ridiculous. Plus seven. Plus seven. Playing off plus seven. And the other two of your playing partners. Oh, well, it's not. I'm, I hate dropping names. <laughs> I bet you will. Well, Ricky Ponting and, and <laughs> Damien Fleming, who, who are terrific. They're great golfers, actually. Yes. They're both real golf people. Yeah. You know, they've, they've, Flem picked up the game when he was about 40 um, years old, and yep. he, he's a, you know, he had 38 points off about 14, so yep. he's a very, very good player. Right. Um, and Ricky, Ricky's been playing golf his whole life, mm. and he... he, he 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 knows what he's doing on a golf What's course. What's he off these days? He's off plus one. Plus one. Yeah, Ricky was off plus one. Nice. He played nicely. Oh no, he didn't really. He hadn't played for a while. He, he could I, you could see enough to where he, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Marcus Fraser playing off plus seven. Got off to a reasonable start. Birdied the first, part the second, birdied the third. Hold a wedge on the fourth to be four under after four. Uh, birdied two holes later and then another one. He was six under through eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, part nine. So he's playing off plus seven, yep. and he had 20 points no on the way. front nine. No way. 20 points. He ended up choking. <laughs> what? Choked. What did he have? Well, <laughs> he only he parred the rest. He parred in, which yeah. is a choke for him, and he ended up having 35 points off plus seven. So he had six wow. under, which is, like, you know, playing, playing off the tees, because we are playing the you know, Friday tees are a long yeah. way forward. Yeah. But still... To watch a bloke off, because, you know, we stand on the team. What, what are you playing off, Marcus? And he's embarrassed about it. He goes, oh, plus seven. <laughs> I said, oh, God. Anyway, uh, 20 points. Uh, nine holes later and 20 points later, um, you know, he started to think about it a bit, I guess. Not really. Not really. Yeah, he made one bogey, birdied another one hole somewhere, yeah. uh, but played beautifully. So how did that, these pros, Marco, mm. how does that work for them to get to... Plus seven. Does, that, does their do their tournaments count towards that? No, or no, no. Are, no just, just, just their general GA. Well, well, handicap. Yeah, like, he's he's been a member at uh, Kingswood or Peninsula Kingswood for a long time. Yeah. He was always at Kingswood Golf Club and then those two courses joined up. So he's a member there and every time he plays, he plays in the cop, just like you and I would. So it's just his normal GA handicap. He's been doing that since he was 12. I love it. You know, he grew up in Corowa yep. and he started playing golf at Corowa. And when you play golf, you play in the comp. 
And that's the best way. If you're if you're playing golf and not playing in the comp every single time you can, because most clubs you can these days, you've got to. Don't I mean unless it's you know after work and no one's around and there's no comp available. But if there's a comp available, play in the comp. Mm. You have to. And Marcus is a believer, and so am I, and so is Ricky, and so was Dave. So we all played in the comp. But that's you know that's the way it's that's the way it's done. But you know, how did he play? What's that? How did he play around the course? Because I, I find him a fascinating golfer, Marcus Fraser, the way he plays. Now that, because that's, that's, I think yeah. that he's he's come out publicly and said that there are only certain golf courses that he thinks he can win on. That's it's not that question when I first when he asked it, I thought what the, it's it's actually not a it's not a silly question at all because he doesn't play like a regular mm. professional that we see on TV all the time. Um, he was telling. Uh, telling stories about you know Rio uh, through the round, yeah. and there was one hole uh, on the last day. So he's playing with Henrik Stenson and Justin Rose uh, on the last day, and Stenson's got this three wood that's really two wood. It's thirteen degree uh, <laughs> club, um, and he had hit his drive of the week, like where he really belted it, and he was pretty proud of himself. And it was up over a hill. He got down there, and Henrik had hit his um, thirteen degree Diablo three wood. <laughs> The Diablo three wood, fairly. It's about it's about fifteen <laughs> generations old. The Diablo three wood, um, but still a good club. They're all good clubs. Um, made in the, made in, you know past the year two thousand. All the clubs are still pretty good. Uh, he gets over the hill and one ball. You know Justin Rose is his driver and smiles down there. And there's two others. And he was pretty sure, absolutely positive that the way he hit this shot, he was past Stenson. And he got up there and his ball was first. <laughs> so he 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 plays. Like you know, when you watch Nick Price play, there's a lot of purpose in his golf. When you watch someone like Jason Day, there seems to be a lot of purpose. Um, but there are other golfers, and uh, when you watch Fred Couples play, he looks so relaxed, mm. and the game looks easy. Marcus Fraser is one of those guys. Yeah, okay. So Marcus is so relaxed in every facet of the game. He takes it back very slow. He's got this beautiful big sh- shoulder turn. Uh, he never rushes. And something I noticed in his practice swings, which I think a lot of people can take, the only thing that I could tell, and you know, if you've been in the game for a long time, you can tell what people are working on in their practice swing. The only thing I could tell that he was working on was to accelerate after the ball. And it was very pronounced. You know, It wasn't just a normal practice swing. So it was a slow practice swing, slow on the way down. And then when he got to where the ball was, whoosh, mm. he accelerated. Right. And you could tell that the in his practice swings, that the club was moving faster past where the ball would have been than most other people. And I was watching him play after it because you, you, you end up, you know, I watch, yeah. Yeah. if I watched if, you, I'd, oh, I'd, be watch, I'd be watching what you're doing in your pre-shot too. Yeah. But um, So I'm watching, I'm watching what he does and that, that's all he was thinking about. And that's, that's how, for, for a lot of pros, you don't want to go left. Left is the, the no-go because mm-hmm. you can't save a left one. But if you're accelerating in the right spot, it almost makes it impossible to go left. And that's the way he plays. He has a very relaxed swing. He accelerates past the ball. And that ensures that the club won't roll over too quickly. And he just fades it around the golf course. So he's a short hitter hitting fades. Now, ordinarily, if you're a professional, <laughs> um, if you don't hit the ball as far as the big boys, you would automatically right. think that you, this guy should be hitting great big draw. No. It's just just not the way he plays. He's comfortable with his game, isn't he? And he just yep. he yep. sticks to it. Yep, and it works. Yeah. So I think look, I'm I'm 47. I reckon Marcus is around 40, and Marcus hits the ball past me. So which 
which means I'd be probably the shortest hitter on tour these days yeah. if, I, if, I was, <laughs> if I was still out there. Um, but uh, yeah, he, hits it, he hits it high. He hits it straightish. Um, he's always, you know, erring on the side of it, going fading to the right. But he's very, very good shots. Uh, I just see he's high bombing, no spinning shots with the driver and the, and the five irons. His wedges are unbelievable. You know, he's, I, I think, you know, I spoke to somebody who played with him uh, in the Victorian junior state team, and he was the last man picked in that Victorian team. He might have been just the Vic team. Okay. So he was the last man picked. Uh, not long after that, he turned pro, and not long after that, he, was, he won the Russian Open. And when he came back, he, he asked this guy, he said, what happened? What have you been working on? He said, well, it just occurred to me that if you hit the ball straight with the driver and hold lots of putts, you shoot low scores. That's <laughs> <Yes>, golf. <laughs> Good thinking. I like it. it. Pretty much makes sense. <laughs> so that's that's the real basics about the way Marcus plays. Is hits his driver straight, mm-hmm. holes putts, which he's a beautiful putter. Mm. I mean, you, you've got to be. But the other thing that I love about his uh, he, he in between that he knows the ball's never going left, and that is be beautiful. A, be a handy thing to have. That is a beautiful way to play. Mm. So. Um, you know, he hit a few shots left with the driver, and that's fair enough. You're trying to crank it. Um, and, you know, you're always going to hit a few bad putts. But everything in between, you basically, nothing's going left. What a way to play. So on your good days, you rip it, nothing goes left, and you hole putts. I'm tipping you shooting a low score. Yeah. No wonder he's getting 20 points. That's plus the way he plays. Line. And it's a beautiful way to play. And, you know, sometimes the best lesson, and, and I know the master class is, is ages away, but if you actually... Instead of hitting balls for the pro, most pros, and hopefully you've got a good one, but most pros who have played on a tour somewhere, even if it's the pro-am circuit, Mm -hmm. they understand what I was just talking about. And if you sat down and said, this is how I play, um, the pro in just sitting down and talking to you could help you with your game uh, a lot. Mm. To where if you you know if you are one of these guys you know he might be he, he, he you might hit five shots for him or you, you might work you might even walk two holes and come back and just have a chat about your golf yeah and just in the chat he could help you like that Marcus tip practice your driver practice your putting and accelerate after the ball so it won't go left in between those you know in between the putting so it won't go left it's a great way to play and if if you're playing this morning try do the Marcus Fraser thing have your practice swing. And everything's very, very slow until you get to the ball, and that's where you accelerate. accelerate. And you will find left is no longer there. And then, you know, the great Jack Nicholas, that's the way he played. A lot of people just look at the middle of the fairway. Yep. And let's say the fairway is 30 yards wide. So if you aim at the middle of the fairway all the time, you've got 15 yards one side and 15 yards the other side to play with. Yes. But... If you're Jack Nicholas and you do what Marcus Fraser does... And you know it's going there. Well, if the fairway is all of a sudden 30 yards wide, if you are aiming four yards or five yards inside the left-hand edge mm-hmm. and you know it's not going left, then all of a sudden you've got 25 yards right. to play with instead of the 15 either side. And that's what the great Jack Nicholas did. And in a lot of ways... That's how Marcus Fraser plays his golf. That's why he's a smart player. That's why he's inside the top 100 in the world uh, at the age that he is and hitting the ball as far as he does. He's a very clever, clever player. Cunning. Mm. Can you be a cunning golfer? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He's a a cunning player. I like it. Fascinating, Marco. And Jules, the best bloke you'd ever meet. (laughs) That helps. The greatest bloke you'd ever meet. Everyone (laughs) loves Marcus Fraser. I can promise you that.
Very nice. Great Beautiful. story. I like it. Hey, can we talk about the FedEx, FedEx Cup at some stage? Yeah, we will. And we're going to talk about Rory and Tiger because they're being inundated with new clubs. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, I'm going to ask you after the break <laughs> if you could take your pick. Which clubs you'd use? I'm a tailor-made man, so mm-hmm. I'll put it on the table. Yep. And I love them. I love my tailor-maids. Yep. But if they ever stopped, tailor-made stopped, uh, I might give you who I'd go to okay. after the break as well. That's next on The Clubhouse, right around Australia. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. And welcome back. This is The Clubhouse. Julian Bowd is my name. Mark Allen is here as he is every week as we talk all things golf right around Australia. Marco? Yes? Saw a story this week which fascinated me. Yeah. Because we know that Nike is no longer making golf equipment. They're making apparel, yep. and so you can still wear your Nike shoes, your shirt, your pants, belt. I wonder if I wonder if Nike were reading the tea leaves with where Tiger Woods is at with his mm. golf. I wonder if that. I mean, they're always going to make apparel, and their golf shoes are, you know, from what I understand, are fantastic. They're great. Um, they, you know, their clothes are fantastic. Yes. You know, well, everyone's clothes are fantastic these days. But no more equipment. But the equipment's gone. Mm. So I wonder whether, you know, they're weighing things up going, well, if he's not using our clubs, yeah. then it's just going to get worse for us. So do you think that he was potentially going to switch his equipment no, provider? No, no, no. He's a lifetime. Yeah. But if he's not Playing. visible yeah. on the, the PGA point? Tour, yeah. and you've got these other guys, Jason Day using TaylorMade, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Paddy Reed's Callaway, Dustin Johnson's TaylorMade, Adam Scott's Titleist, uh, Jordan Spieth's Titleist, Grillo's Callaway, Russell Knox, I don't know. Justin Thomas is Titleist. Snedeker, don't know. Mickelson Callaway. No one's Nike at the top. No. And that's at the FedEx Cup. Now, Rory, he's a great player. Fabulous player. Yeah. But he's not Tiger Woods. That's right. He doesn't he's, quite he's have not the Tiger Woods. So is it, I mean, if, if, if they are just solely relying on Rory McIlroy to um, make people choose Nike equipment over TaylorMade, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. No. There's too much star power just looking at the FedEx Cup leaderboard. Yep. So what they've done, mm. well, what Rory and Tiger has happened to them, is that their story's out this week that their living rooms <laughs> are like a pro shop. <laughs> They're like your local drum and golf store. Yeah. <laughs> they have just been inundated yep. with clubs and equipment and new yep. gear with these big brands trying yeah. to woo them towards... Yeah. Their company, yeah, and what uh, a position to be. In, yeah, okay. and everyone knows their stats uh, or specs, I should say, their specifications. So everybody knows their specifications. So there'd be tailor-made clubs is turning up with exactly yeah. what Tiger Woods requires, mm-hmm. which might be the X one, the old dynamic gold X one hundred shaft. They might be standard length, which I think his standard a quarter inch shorter mm-hmm. than what's normal standard with the irons. He has them quite you know, back to the old days standard Tiger. Um, They'd know exactly what shaft he's currently using in his Nike driver because, you know, the last time he played and it's always reported it's always on what's in the, bag. the websites, yeah. all the what's in the bags. Yep. Um, they'd have five woods. Um, there's no doubt that Rory's been out there practicing with Scotty Cameron Putter. Um, They'll we, both go back to Scotty Cameron Putters. Yeah, I think you're on the money. Yeah. I, th- I think you are on the money there. They, they were always Scotty Cameron people going through. And I think basically it was the last... Well, not sure. Maybe it was one of the last things that Tiger swapped over to, as as far because he was always Titleist, Scotty Cameron, and you know he his his Nike equipment bag evolved yes. over about uh, six or seven years, yep. maybe eight, maybe ten years before he got the whole fourteen all with the Nike uh, swoosh. Yep. Um, Rory did it the other way. He went from totally <laughs> Nike <laughs> to fourteen, uh, totally Titleist to fourteen Nike. Um, now, if you had your pick. 
here's your oh, chance. Yeah. Here's your chance. Hold on. Hold on. So, yeah, you, well, you, 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 let's just pretend that you've been using Nike clubs mm-hmm. in your yep. amateur career. You, you've down <laughs> all the way down to six, yeah. but you know, your Nike gear is just not going to be made anymore. That's now, you, you rummage <laughs> through pro shops and you probably get on the web. You're well, a youngster. I do. Where, where would you go? Well, or would it be, or would it be a mixed bag? I I am of favour for a mixed bag. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So at the moment I've got um, the Lajossi putter, which yeah. is very nice. <laughs> but before that, have I you had a three putt since. Yeah, you put a, have you? Oh, yeah, disappointing. <laughs> disappointing. That was always going to happen. It was always going to happen. Um, but I was fortunate. My sister worked at TaylorMade for a while, so I got Ooh. some nice cheap clubs about probably eight years ago. I reckon. Right. So they're still good. So I'm still using them. They're, I'm using a tour burner or something. I don't know. I can't remember what they. Yeah, right. I have, I, very rarely look at yeah, them. But they're good. They're good. And I, since then, have always been, in my head, tailor-made is the one I want. Right. And I've obviously no affiliation to them like <laughs> yeah, you have. But yeah. you you find yourself being loyal to the brand that you're using mm. if you're playing well with those clubs. Yeah. But I'm of very much of the opinion that if I went out and wanted a new driver, I would mm. just get the one that I wanted. I don't need it to have... Yeah the same set or the same brand throughout no, right. your gear. That's right. It's the same with my, I play cricket and I've got different brand gloves, different brand bats, yeah. pads, everything. Just get what you Just like. whatever works it's, is, is it, what works. It's funny you say that because, um, you know, you always see the number one driver in golf or the number one putter in golf yeah. or the number one ball in golf. They're the big ones because, you know, more drivers are sold than any other club. Mm-hmm. The ball, you, you need a ball to play golf. Uh, putters are big business. Um, you know, you start three-putting and you just go put a little jossie in your bag. You yeah. know, you just, you, you do whatever. But the sneaky uh, what's in the bag that all the club manufacturers are looking at are actually the players who don't have an affiliation. The players who might, you know, they're not on uh, the big base. Yes. They might just be on money depending on, you know, where they are. So, for, in- for instance, when I was playing on the web.com. It used to be called, when I was playing there, the Hogan Tour. Uh-huh. Um, if you would, if you turned up and you didn't have an affiliation, you used to get 500 bucks to wear a Callaway hat. I'll, I'll just do the Callaways. 500 bucks to wear a Callaway hat, another 500 bucks to carry the Callaway bag. You got another 500 bucks to put the irons in the bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're using the ball, you got another 500 bucks. We're up to 2,000 bucks. If you use the driver, you got 1,000 bucks. So you could make 3000 bucks a week. Just from using their equipment. Just from using their equipment. And it was all provided and it was all That's there correct. and it's nice. That's it. Mm. And you know, as long as you're wearing the hat. Mm. But uh, on the on the PGA Tour, there are a lot of players who aren't on the big base salaries who just... Pick and choose. T- t- take the good stuff, mm. whatever, they, whatever they think's the best. Yeah. So the, the, the companies are always keeping an eye on that. That, that is for sure. Um, look, I, I, everything, everything in my bag I, I love... I absolutely love. Right, well, take away your tailor-made Take away, yeah. Because everyone knows you're a tailor-made man yep, yep. and you love it. Um, if you had... I'm going right, to pick the, I, driver, the driver. The driver? So you have free reign over any club. It's there. Yep. You can go and get it. No cost. Straight yep. in the bag. Straight in the bag. Which one would you get? Uh, probably, I like the look of the Callaway Woods. Yep. And it's a couple of generations old. There's a Callaway Wood that's got a little bit of green in it. The mm. fairway woods. And I was with Callaway before I went to TaylorMade. I still, you know, I feel like I've stepped up, but they were magnificent, and I still think they look beautiful. So the look of the club is very important to me. Um, the irons, um, I, I don't mind the look of the Strixon irons at the moment. Mm-hmm. There's some beautiful Strixon irons um, uh, that caught my eye, and and these days, you know, a lot of the club manufacturers are are using um, uh, it's kind of stepped. They have blades at the yes. bottom. 
then they slowly move up to a three iron that's got a big fat sole on it, which mm-hmm. helps the, the new ball get up into the air, which is fantastic. Um, so I like the look of the Strixon irons, although some of the Mizuno irons too, I've got my eye on. Yes. And if I wasn't using my beautiful uh, tailor-made putter, um, <laughs> I think it's hard to go past Scotty Cameron. Yeah. Yeah, they're all, they're all very good stuff. But again, uh, the gear I'm... And hello, Mr. TaylorMade. Yes. I love you. <laughs> the gear that I'm using, the M2 driver, untouchable. Untouchable. Yeah. I've still got these I old fairway woods. I wouldn't mind having a hit with one of them, actually. Oh, okay. We'll play at some stage. Yeah. The TaylorMade fairway woods that I've got, it's a, gen- a couple of generations old, but I'm looking at the M2, yeah. uh, three and the five wood. They look unbelievable. Uh, and the irons I've got, the irons that, you know, same irons that Jason Day uses and... The the big uh, the big uh, three iron yeah you know, it has got the big fat sole. I've never played better irons in my entire so life than the Taylor Maids right now. Tell me about that M two driver Marco because you go mm. online or you look in the store mm. and it's right up there in yep. terms of you know that's the pinnacle of yep. one and it's the yep. one that everyone wants to look yep. at and use. Yep. Is it worthwhile? And you I'm sure you'll say yes. But is mm. it wor- really worthwhile for the amateur golfer out there to fork out? Was it five six hundred bucks? Yeah. Yeah, seven hundred bucks for, for the driver. It is. Yeah, well, it's the club you use the most. Yeah, I mean that that driver of yours. If you're not a long hitter in particular, you're using the driver on every hole. You know, you're not laying up anywhere. Mm. If you <laughs> if you just hit the ball two hundred meters, then you're using a driver on every single hole. So what is very very important is that you have a beautiful club that is made to perfection that suits your game. Now the M2 is good for me because I don't need the weights. You know, even when the M1 came out and there were movable weights. So you, on the M1, it had the movable weights. Things on underneath yeah. you can move it. So that's right. Yeah. So all my weights were just standard, stock yeah. standard. So they decided that if you don't need to move a weight to the toe or move the weight heel, they can make the sweet spot a little bit bigger. And that's why a lot of the pros, the pros who don't need to move uh, a weight to the toe. Like Dustin Johnson, for instance, in his driver, last time I saw a picture, there was a weight all the way to the toe. Mm-hmm. And that helps you fade the ball a little bit more and actually puts the sweet spot to more towards the toe. Yes. Um, so he's an M1 guy. But, you know, so all the, all the other clubs too, like the Callaway club, when I, like I said, when I, when I put the Callaways down, they've got different systems for moving weight around. They look fantastic. All the clubs today look great. But, you know, what I'm using at the moment, what most of the pros are using, everyone's very, very happy with that situation. Very nice. With the M1s. And very nice. I think, um, yeah, when you, when you see Dusty just moving it out there with his <laughs> M1 and Jason doing the same fades. sort of thing, um, yeah, hard to go past. Hard to go past. But I can't imagine... We started off this with Tiger and Rory. Yeah. I can't imagine the boys moving far from their past. Um, so I've got a feeling they'll both go back to Titleist. Yeah, I think they do. And, and look, they're, they're very much a plain vanilla golf club. Mm-hmm. And Rory and Tiger, you know, very much blade people and, and all the rest of it. So Is Rory get his pay, what was it, 20 million or something like that? Yeah, he'll keep that. Yeah. 20 just million for the apparel. Year, just for the apparel. Just 20 the million fluoro, a year. Fluoro shorts. Yeah, and just no, drop in the ocean for Nike. Yeah. You know that. That's it. Um, yeah, but look, <laughs> yeah. that will be of interest. That will be of interest because those two guys can go anywhere. Mm. And it's not like they need the money because Nike is still going to be paying them whatever their deal was. That's right. So just a lot the of best people, ones for them. they're just going to pick the best clubs. Ooh. So keep an eye out for that. Well, before he goes we'll back to the back. form he was using with the title, we'll report back. switched. We will report back. Very nice. Hey, quickly, before we get to a break, I know you want to talk about the FedEx Cup because the final series are on right now and you love this concept. You came in this today oh, yeah. and you were raving about how good this concept is. Yeah, I And do. the $10 million purse, Stratton Super. Yep. 
How good is it? It's been fine-tuned. Like, when it first happened, um, you know, players were, weren't playing all four events. Um, some were, you know, there was no break in, in, in the middle. Um, and, you know, the points that basically stood, they, they stood. So I think Vijay, Vijay Singh played the Tour Championship one year and he couldn't lose. You know, the 10 yeah. million was his. Yeah. So, like all competitions, you don't change the rules, but you certainly need them fine-tuned. Just a little tweaking. Yeah, little tweaks here and there. And they've tweaked this up now to where it's very, very accurate and very good and, and fun to watch. So Paddy Reid started last week at seven, has a win. He moves to number one. Jason Day moves down one. Dustin Johnson down to three. Adam Scott down to four. Jordan Spieth down to five. So everyone's just dropped down one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've jettisoned 25 players, and now they go into this week to the Deutsche Bank Championship. And don't forget, uh, the last round ends on Tuesday down here in Australia because they have a Labor Day mm-hmm. um Finish, so uh, only 100 players getting around there, uh, and then it gets cut down again. Now, I think the next time that I remember that they fiddle with the points again uh, is into the Tour Championship. And the reason they do that is that so if you are in the top five uh, going into that last week, if you win, you win the lot. You win. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You win the lot. So if you are sixth and you win, you just got to hope. Rely on old mate. You got to you got to re- rely on old mate number one not finishing mm. second. That's right. So it, they've they've fine tuned it to the point where it's brilliant. Mm. And the golf on the US tour now has a final series where it never used to. Mm. We used to just all come to the tour championship. <laughs> um, yeah, if you won the tour championship, well done. Most of the time, the money list was already decided. But uh, you know, when you have got ten million to play for, and the ten million doesn't go in the pocket, goes into their superannuation. It's probably smart. Mm, probably, uh, probably smart. Probably turns into something <laughs> much, much larger yeah. down the track. Yeah, down the track it probably does. <laughs> they need it. Uh, so, I think uh, I think there's enough to play for, enough interest to where people now probably treat the Tour Championship um, as a very, very big tournament. So, you know, you and I, we always talk about the ten biggies, which is the World Golf Championships, the Players Championship, and the Four Majors. I'm pretty comfortable throwing in that there's eleven, oh, yeah. there's eleven biggies now, and the tour championship is just that. There's thirty players. They've earned their way in throughout the year, and then in the final series, they get a go at the grand final, um, and then you know every any, anyone can win. So the, even the guy finishing thirtieth, who's the last man into the last, if it, if it mathematically works out, works if it works out, out that, that way, you know, thirtieth finishes first and 29th finishes second, then he wins. But still, they all get handy bonuses no matter what. So I think even the 30th guy gets a, around 200000 bucks. That's his bonus. Nice. So the winner gets $10 million into the super. The guy comes 30th. He gets a nice little check as well going Don't into his. A little 200000 going into his. Don't mind it. No, it's good. It's a good system. You know, I think, uh, I think also yeah. uh, the run to uh, the race to Dubai. The race to Dubai is a good system mm. as well. The girls do it. The guys do it. The, the senior tour does it now. There's a final series. It works Took me a while to get my head around it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always like the thought of the you know the bloke with the most money is the best, but I think they've fine tuned it enough now where everything makes sense. Yep, it's great. It is good. We love us. It's it is good, up, buddy boy. Heating up in September. Ryder Cup not too far away as well. We might preview that over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, well. yeah. Ryder Cup. It's going to be Ooh. massive this year. See, Russell Knox didn't get in. Mm. He is ranked higher than seven other players in that European squad. Interesting. Wasn't the captain's pick mm. because he so, plays in America. They, they've got to, they, yeah, they have to much. pick their team differently. Maybe we'll talk about that after the break. We might. Right the clubhouse, right around Australia. Mark Allen, Julian Bayard, Ryder Cup next. In your life.
life have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Yeah, welcome back. It is The Clubhouse around Australia. Julian Bard is my name. Mark Allen is here. So we talk all things golf every weekend. Marco, we said before the break, we touched on the Ryder Cup, yeah. which isn't too I far I love the Ryder Cup. Away. I wish we were involved in the Ryder yeah, Cup. Yeah, it's a shame. I wish we were. Feels like we're left out. <laughs> in a perfect world, Julian, in a perfect world, all nations play for the Ryder Cup in one way or another. But the President's Cup is the qualifier. Ah. So what you would have is, um, let's say, well, I think uh, Europe won last time, so they're the defender. They get, a, they get a year off. In that year that's vacant, the USA plays the uh, international team, and the winner of that President's Cup then goes on the challenge for the Ryder Cup. I like it. But that will never happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> ever, that, ever. That'd be great in the perfect world, but yeah. that will never happen. Ever happen? No, bad luck. Now, teams: captain of the U.S. Davis Love the third, of course. Jim yep. Furyk, Lehman, Stricker, and Woods is vice captains. Tigers. Tigers vice Tigers captain. Are vice captain. Now, teams: Zach Johnson, Dustin Johnson, yeah. uh, Brooks Koepka, yep. Phil Mickelson, Patrick yep. Reed, Brant Snedeker, Jordan Spieth, Spieth, Jimmy Walker. Yes. And then we've got four captains' picks. Four captains' picks. Who are they? Uh, not sure. Hasn't been know. announced. They haven't been announced yet. No. All right, what about the European team? European, we've got Darren Clark as the captain. Yep. Bjorn, Harrington, Laurie, Poulter and Torrance as the vice-captains. Right. There's a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> vice-captains for Europe, fair enough. <laughs> Cabrera Bello is in. Yep. Fitzpatrick, Matthew Fitzpatrick's yeah, in. Sergio's in. Martin Keimer, Rory McIlroy. Thomas Peters is a captain's yes. pick. Yes. Martin Keimer was also a captain's pick. Martin Keimer, good. Justin Rose, Henrik Stenson, Andy Sullivan are in. Yeah. Danny Willett's in, Chris Wood is in, and yeah. Lee Westwood is a captain's yeah. pick. All right, and Peters was a captain's pick too, wasn't he? Uh, that's right. Yeah, yes. that's right. He's a gun. Mm. Watch out for this kid. He's, he's really good. He's a really nice player to watch. Just one, I think he won in Denmark uh, not long ago. Um, look, that makes sense. But who, I think there's a few players just on the fringe of that uh, US team. And it's going to be interesting. Bubba Watson is number nine. Ricky Fowler would be up there. Ricky Fowler, yeah, moved past Bubba. So Bubba Watson is an unusual character at the best of times. Mm -hmm. So it will be interesting to see. Now, the one thing in the back of the mind of those uh, captains of the USA is that people love him. People love him in the States. Yeah. And this year's Ryder Cup is at Hazeltine, which is in Minnesota, heartland of America. They will love someone like Bubba Watson. Um, I'm not sure the other players are in love with Bubba Watson. I'm not sure. Maybe they are. I don't know. So according to this article on golf.com, Marco, yes. you've got uh, Bubba Watson, JB Holmes, Ricky Fowler, and the Olympic bronze medalist Matt Kuchar right. are yep. ranked 9 to 12 right. in the rankings. So I think, I th I think that um, uh, Holmes and Kuchar pick themselves, yep. uh, big-time players. You know, uh, Holmes plays well in, in a lot of majors, a lot of majors. Uh, Matt Kuchar is the same sort of thing. Everyone then, loves him, good team man. Ricky Fowler's in. I think he's in. He's got to be in. Yep. And then you've got blokes like Jim Furyk, Ryan Moore, and Justin Thomas yeah. also in the running. So September 11, Love will name three of his four picks, mm -hmm. while the fourth pick will be announced after the Tour Championship. Okie doke. Yeah, Justin says, I think they keep that just spare in case somebody wins that and doesn't get in the Ryder oh, Cup. That, that's and that happened. <laughs> who won Who won last year? Who won, um, somebody won last year, and he wasn't a part of the Ryder Cup. Yeah. So they've made that adjustment to their list, uh, to their It'd selection. be controversial if Bubba missed out, wouldn't you? Yes, it would be very controversial, uh, but have a look at it. Yeah, have a, have a look yep. 
and see what happens there. The mm. other three who just missed out picked themselves. Um, Holmes, Fowler, Kucha. Holmes, Holmes, Fowler, Kucha, no brainers yep. in in my view, and in what I know, and just you know. But Bubba, I don't know. Not everyone's wrapped about Bubba. I love this line. Love could even pick himself if he wants to. He's currently 120th in the rankings. Please. <laughs> Please. No, I can't wait. Look, the Ryder Cup is sensational. It's back on uh, US shores. Um, I think the US crowds are more parochial yeah. than the European crowds. They love it. They go ballistic. Well, you know what's interesting, Marco? I know you hate the fanatics. No, I do. I absolutely hate them. It's disgusting. But the US golf people yeah, yeah. love them. And when the President's yeah. Cup is on and they go over and they do their th- they won't love them for very long, mate. Do. They love you know. There's been discussion about potentially doing something very similar for the Ryder Cup. Well, they're in dreamland. Yeah, yeah they're in dreamland. Mm. Do not please, 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 please. They love oh, it, mate. They love it. Yeah, no, they're, they're attention-seeking. They're, different. they're different from us. They are very different human beings. They're very no. They're, very I mean, US, U.S. golf fans. They enjoy that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, well, that's they're, they're too easy. Yeah. USA, USA, and yeah. then the Europeans are lay, 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 lay. But nothing, uh, nothing as inane as Aussie, 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 yeah. oi, oi, beef. oi. Beef. Yeah. yelling at beef. Yeah, there'll be a lot of beef. <laughs> is beef playing? Beef Johnson? Uh, no. I don't think yeah. he is. No. Please, please, he's been playing well, beef. Yeah. Get some beef. He'd That'd be, be a favourite. And the crowds love that. The crowds <laughs> would love beef. Well, they're going to get Cooch in so they can give it the coo. Cooch, yeah. Yeah. Now, look, it, I reckon the Americans, um, you know, the Americans are favourites, and fair enough. And I think the favourites will probably get over the Euro- They're just due. The Americans are due to win one, yep. and they'll win this. All right, masterclass. Coming up next. Up next. Yeah. If you hit the ball left and right, I can fix you straight after the Wow. <laughs> that's a big, that's a big yep. Let's get it done. of our listeners. Let's get it can. done. Don't get out of the car. <laughs> I'll be back in a tick. Marco's Masterclass. Yeah, it's a free golf lesson from the number one instructor on radio hmm. between this hour. I see it a bit. With people who are getting a little bit older, um, if you read books, they'll um, you know a lot of the books and a lot of the golf instruction is for young professionals, not for people who are older. Uh, and these days, the modern way to swing a golf club if you're a kid is not to move the legs too much, have a really solid base. But because you're so flexible, you actually don't need to. So, for a long time, you know, once once upon a time in the old days, yeah. you were taught to raise the left heel, which kind of helped the, the the hips get around. And when you raise the left heel and take the club back. You keep the club more in front of your body. More in front of your body eliminates the left and right. The only reason you hit the ball left and right and you've got no idea why one shot goes left and the other one goes right is because your arms trail behind your body. Now, for so many people who have grown up with the new way of swinging, they're too old to swing the new way these days, but they don't want to raise the left heel because that's what they've always been told. So what you do, and I gave this tip to my cousin Nick, who will be in the car right now driving <laughs> to the golf course. When you set up, I want you to feel like if you're a right-handed player, and just do the opposite if you're left, of course, that when you set up and you're just about to take the club away, you've got to feel like there is a chain on your hands and it's connected to your left knee. And when you take it away, the left knee and your hands, Goes they away. move away mm-hmm. together. I see. And what that creates, it creates, one, a slower backswing, which we know helps. But two, it means that your hips are able to turn away and your arms aren't going way past your chest because everything's turning together. Mm. So instead of trying to turn everything together and your knee is stuck where it's always been since you were a kid because that's the way you were taught, if you are 40-something or 35 or whatever, 
Even uh, if you're you, Alex, who listens every week as well, <laughs> who uh, I think he uh, won the big tournament at Kingston Heath the other week. Oh. Alex is probably he, he moves his knee beautifully. Yeah. So your left, your your hands and your left knee, they move away together. That means that your body and torso are now moving as one, and your arms won't go past your body because you can't move your shoulders anymore. And then when you come down, hopefully, you'll be in the right spot. And then to top it off, just like we were talking about at the top of the show with Marcus Fraser, in your practice swings, make sure you accelerate past the ball. Don't accelerate to the ball. Accelerate past the ball. Uh, And I'll tell you what, that left shot will almost disappear. You're still going to hit some bad shots, but you'll have a much better uh, shot pattern to work with. A much better. They won't be going left and right. You'll just find the ball going one way. Hopefully right, if you're a right-hander. Hopefully you didn't get out of the car. Don't get out of the car. You heard that. Go have 36 points. 36 today. No three putts. Yep. And you're away. Good luck to everyone. What are you on now? Uh, 6.7. I didn't six play points. this week. Didn't so you? 6.7. All right. No. We've got to get you the four. Four? Yeah, you're getting well, down the four. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought. Left knee and hands chain. move away together. Might, there is a I chain between your hands and, put one there. and your left knee. Yeah. At least elastic. Think of it as elastic. Yep. And they move together. Nice to see you, buddy. Always a pleasure, Marco. Catch you next week. Looking forward to it.